Hello! Welcome back to Mythical Magic, a podcast where we talk about Commander, Standard, Pioneer, and sometimes even Modern. I'm your host, Jimmy, and joining me this week is my friend, David. David, say hi to the people. Hey, how you doing? And this week we're talking about Commander. But so You uh, love Commander, don't you? Uh, I'm... Mm, mm, I haven't played that much Commander. I'm going to lean heavily on you for this podcast because... Commander's not really my strong suit, honestly. That's why I wanted to get in the opening credit, and I don't usually do this, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be talking that much this podcast, so I need to, like, you know, get my hours in. You were you were perfect. I don't understand what you're talking about. You play Commander. Commander's a format for everybody. It is, yeah. Everybody can play You don't it. have to be, quote-unquote, good at Commander. It helps if you are, though. I mean, it helps if you're good at any any format. But commanders, I think the spirit of commanders, it's more about having fun. It's about playing uh, the cards from out throughout magic history that you enjoy. I think it's, I think it's that's what it's about. It's about just playing magic at its core, where it's like I have this deck, I have this guy that's my commander, my leader, and I'm just going to town and doing whatever I want with whatever cool strategy I have. And I mean, to, to break it down, commander has been broken off into a casual format, and then to CDH, which is just competitive commander, um, and it, you know. I think that's what that's the fun of it. There's a little bit of something for everybody in the format. Why don't you explain a little bit what Commander is like in general? Okay, so so if you've never if you've never heard of Commander and you play Magic, that's kind of surprising. Commander is a singleton format, which means you can only have one of any of every non basic land in your deck, and it's a hundred cards. One of those cards is your Commander, which sits in what's called the command zone outside the game. And at any point during the game, when you could legally cast that card, it's a creature, legendary creature, you can for its mana cost. From there, the normal rules of the game are applied. It's usually multi multiplayer, usually anywhere from like what, like three or four people. Some people are filthy heathens, heathens and play five, but um, it's multiplayer where you you just go to town on everybody. You have a good time, and you know you attack the player there. You form alliances. There's some politic cards in it, and it's a ton of fun. Um, it adds a whole bunch of like new kind of like angles and lines of play to the game that weren't there in single player, just sixty card formats. Yeah, and like Dave said, it's really fun uh, unless you're playing with someone who's a piece of trash and plays like counter spells or control magic, and then it's not really so much fun because nobody gets to do what their deck is meant to do. They are kind of you know stifled. Well, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the play groups usually ha- like set a power level um, where they're like, well, we're playing competitive com- commander or we're playing casual. And then when you play it with a play group that's the same level as you, it's so much fun. Um, but commander has encompassed so much over the years for like when it started as just being called EDH, Elder Dragon Highlander, as it's like kind of backwaters format that people played on the side. And then it evolved in 2011 into an actual true format for Wizards of the Coast with a banned and restricted list. And as you can can already tell, product coming out every year for it. And I and I admit it, I didn't like Commander when it came out. So years ago, when Commander started and people told me about it, I was like, this is ridiculous. Why would I want to play one of every card in my deck? Like, that limitation is stupid. A hundred cards, that's ridiculous. That's, and then that's I, pretty I funny admit what I'm wrong. Considering how big into Commander you are nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% admit it that over the years, I was like, oh, you know what? This format is creative. It's open to like a bunch of different ways of inter- interpretation. It spawned multiple mini formats within itself. And I was like, this is what I want about Magic. I want options. I want 
as many different things as possible. I want to play old cards that would never have been played in any standard, any modern format. And I want to play those cards that didn't get a chance to sign. And Commander literally does that. It does what I want in Magic. And for some of its faults, uh, I think it's probably one of the best formats Magic has. Um, because it's made to be casual. And since it's made to be casual, I think a little less of the stress is taken off of that. Like, I have to, I have to play that meta. I have to play that absolute per, you know, per percentage best deck. Yeah, that's what I like about it, too. I like when you can do fun shenanigans instead of you know focusing on what is the most optimum way to build my deck what's the most optimum play at this moment sometimes you just choose to go for the fun play more over the best play always go for the fun play always 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 take the fun play never take the good play always the fun play even if you lose the game that's rule number one it makes you lose the game yeah oh 100 percent. if it makes you lose the game then you definitely do it (laughs) and you definitely do it if it pisses off the person who's about to go yeah, that's pretty much the big thing about Commander is out of like usually when you're playing in a pot of four people, one of the people, one of the people in there is always mad, and it rotates, but it's someone, someone's getting the stick. <laughs> uh, but so for all the positives that Commander has, there's some things about Commander that are problematic. Um, so Commander encompasses every single set, Jim, and it. It has a, a library of cards on like almost any other format. Yeah, um, I'd argue, so not even, I wouldn't even have to argue. It just it has more than legacy has more than vintage because it has every single card legal. Um, obviously, anti card anti cards are not legal, and there's obviously some banned restricted cards. But one of the things it suffers from is that cards that aren't played in other formats but are are singleton good are never reprinted. They're high-cost cards that are worth way more money than they probably should be. And Commander players are like, well, I need this card. I want this card. But this card is so old, and it was only printed that one time in that one set, and now I can't get it, and now it's like $40, $50, $30, and like, that sucks. So I know we talked about this earlier. I've asked to put together a total of six, three from each of us, some cards that should be reprinted for Commander. And I'm all about reprints because i think reprints are healthy for the game when controlled um massive reprints are scary and they hurt the secondary market but i think reprints are something that magic has been getting a little bit more into as of late i think they've kind of been putting their picking their foot up with like we're not going to do these reprints we're going we're to wait now we're seeing a lot of cards getting reprinted or even functional reprints where they're basically the same card with a slightly shifted theme or an extra drawback or just an increased mana cost by a little bit so for you, Jimmy, what are three cards in Commander that you for Commander that you would love to see reprinted? So I'm going to get to my three cards in a second, but I just really want to ask you this question because I don't actually remember what your stance on it is. Uh, just to add some controversy into this podcast, uh, what is your stance on the reserve list? Do you, you want it to be? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you want it to be abolished so that all the prices of those cards drop incredibly, or do you think that it should stay strong to keep people invested in Magic? I think it's a pillar that we've had for so long that tearing that pillar down might not be worth it. I think the idea of magic is that it's so stable so often. People like that stability of the game. It's like, okay, we get a product every X months. You know, we have a banned and restricted announcement every X weeks, you know, and we have a cycle and standard where these cards are illegal and then these cards go. The reserve list, I get it. It doesn't really feel good anymore because we've played for so long that these cards have been out of rotation and out of print for such a massive amount of time uh, that you want them you want them back. But it, 
it's one of those pillars where it's like, well, this is what magic is. And tearing that down kind of makes it not magic anymore. That was a great I know a lot of other card games. Yeah, really I know a lot speech. of other... I'm going to cut all that out because that's not part of what this podcast is about. So, <laughs> anyway, back to my list of three cards. <laughs> I wasn't even done yet. Yeah, I know. Don't worry about it. It's not... It's not oh. that, nobody wants to listen to that, Dave. Oh, right. wow. So, that's hurtful. getting back. My three cards that I think need reprints in command, for Commander because they're just so fucking expensive for no real reason. Uh, my first one is uh, Crater Hoof Behemoth. Uh, mm. I don't know if you've looked at the price of that card recently, but it's uh, $50. Uh, the last <laughs> time I looked at it, about six months ago, it was $35. And six months is not that long of a time for it to have gone up. Uh, I can't believe it jumped up 15 bucks. I don't know if people thought maybe, hey, Ikoria Layer of Behemoths, Crater Hoof Behemoth, uh, it's a sign. It's going to go back. It's going to re- get reprinted. We drop the price of these or something like that but when it didn't get reprinted i god i don't know how many people bought them but they're up there man uh same with uh my other card um mana crypt that card is so fucking expensive (laughs) god it just got reprinted in the the mystery boosters but that didn't stop it from being fucking two hundred dollars that card is so expensive and I know it's not like a staple that everybody needs to have in their deck, but it's really nice to have in your deck. To start off on turn uh, one with three mana is just so great. <laughs> uh, and then my no, definitely. my last card is uh, Cabal Coffers. It's a land. I don't know why, but this land is so expensive. It's like $50 for fucking Cabal Coffers. <sighs> I don't know. We just need, we need better reprints. Did you, did you know that Cabal Coffers is an uncommon? Is it? Holy yeah. shit. It's, an, it's original printing is not uncommon. Oh, my God. <laughs> Doesn't that make you feel good? <laughs> why Why aren't they reprinting these cards? They could have been in so many sets. Yeah. Well, Mana Crypt, no. Okay. Mana Crypt, Cabal, yes. no. Mana Crypt could have been in freaking Kaladesh. It could have been in Kaladesh. No. Yes. It totally could have. It was the City of Inventions. It had the most powerful artifacts in the world there, or on their world. That card cannot be in standard. What? That card, uh, that, yeah, that's, prob- that's probably that's probably for the best. Yeah, I mean they could have yeah. been banned it. They banned a lot of cards in that's standard recently. Terrible way of looking at. They it. banned so many cards when Kaladesh came out. That was the start of it, Dave. They could have <laughs> easily just been like, "Yeah, we're preemptively banning this card. It just needs a reprint. Don't worry about it, guys." I think you're right with like Crater Hoof being in another set. I think that's fine. I think Crater Hoof could make his way through. Through standard and it not be a problem. Cabal Coffers probably needs to be in a weird supplemental set or just a commander set in general. Maybe it'll um, be in the it, next Ultimate, not Ultimate Masters. What is it called? The next um, Modern Horizons. That would be sweet. They did that say they were making really another sweet. one. Yeah. Yeah. Cabal Coffers has to kind of be in like a supplemental set. Um, and then for Mana Crypt, Mana Crypt is probably the hardest one you listed. Um, it 100% should be reprinted. It's. It's widespread use should definitely get it reprinted more. It's not that big of a deal. I don't think anyone would be that upset. But again, that's a hard one to find a product to fit it in. Yeah. I think like in a commander set, that's a little too much. And that's not really fair to say because it's like, well, why not? Like we don't look at the secondary market as wizards would say. But yeah, that's a that's a tough one to find. But I definitely think in a modern like not well not a modern master set. I think they need to put out some type of supplemental material to find a way to sneak in a mana crypt. But mystery boosters did do that though, and it wasn't mystery booster. So a, a, applause on them 
for doing that. Like, also, definitely. Not, we don't look at secondary markets, says the company selling single cards to people directly through the internet. That's not. Don't. Okay. So, my three reprints. <laughs> um, so, first one is one that might be useful in besides just uh, Commander is Damnation. Damnation is sitting at like a pretty, pretty $30 bill. And that's a, that's a steep price. In a format, uh, i.e. Commander, where kind of four mana removal spells, widespread removal spells, are kind of all over the place in all honesty. I mean, we have Wrath of God. Um, there's, a, there's like Route, which is five mana. And we have all these other like just removal spells, mass removal spells. Damnation is something in black where a lot of black decks, I think, would love to have that. And $30 isn't bringing the bank, but for some newer players that are interested in playing that, like that mono black deck or that Orzhov color deck... I really feel like Damnation could definitely use some reprints. Not to mention, it's in Modern, and I know it's not a heavy staple in Modern, but it would definitely be nice to lower that price tag so people could be like, you know what? Maybe this mono black deck or maybe this black X deck, I could run a Damnation in there to deal with anything that's coming at me, like those aggro decks or something like that. I know you can't see not me a shaking mainstay. my head, but that's definitely, it's definitely not in Modern. That card is not seeing play in Modern. The only it's not. reason it's it used $30 to. is literally because of Commander players. Ooh, I think it's price retention for damnation. It's just if that card was like even ten bucks, it would be so much more accessible to new players, and it would yeah. Make, I oh, I agree. It would make so many more decks like more playable for people. Absolutely, and I and even though it's not seeing the same play that it used to see in modern, it it's in modern and it's an option in modern, and it can cycle. And you know how modern works; it can cycle back around to a different type of meta again in an instant, and. I think the option should be there. It doesn't need to be a. It doesn't need to have a price tag of thirty dollars. That's the. That's Agreed. the point of it all. Yeah, it doesn't um, need to reprint. Yeah, the second one is a nice old 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 card. It's Sylvan Library. Sylvan Library is a really rare uh, green enchantment that lets you draw additional cards, which is crazy. There's a cost, uh, and it is your life, which is even more crazy because that's not very green. But Sylvan Library is sitting at a price tag of about forty dollars, give or take on the on the the condition and the version but forty dollars for this green card that basically in any green x deck or even a green xx deck should definitely be in it is crazy admittedly the wording on it is really bad for new players and they struggle very often understanding exactly how it works but then again reprint it make some make the wording a little bit easier to use um i know there was some new ones printed not that long ago in some sets but it's still, I mean, most of the versions are still like 30 to 40. Yeah, they printed that card like five times too, haven't they? It's just, it. it's not a card that like people are crazy like, oh, don't reprint my Sylvan Library. I mean, it could just, it would do such a good job of having like another reprint. That's a card I think should be in a Commander Precon. I think that's one, I think that's actually one, and Damnation. I think, Damnation I think they should find their way. There. Yeah, I think, I think both of those cards should 100% be in a standard Precon. Um, and I know it's a risky business, like with Sylvan Library, because it is a higher price tag than most. But I feel like it could fit there. Um, I actually don't like the same... Sylvan Library in many decks. I'm not. I don't know if it's just because I don't know how to play it right. But I, mm. it always seems like such a big cost for such a small effect. Um, playing a Sylvan Library on turn two, I mean, obviously that's like prime way of playing it. Is amazing. Um, you can eat the eight life, draw three cards. And then be like, cool, I've basically, like, plus two'd my hand. Um, later on in the game, it's still good. Like, you basically are Sensei's Divining Topping during your upkeep. It's a good card. Okay, I'll take your word for it. 
Trust me. I know what I'm talking about. As should you, listeners. As should you. The <laughs> the last card is the same thing I think should be in a standard pre-con, too. And this one is, I love this one because it, it goes back and forth with people. It's Cyclonic Rift. Cyclonic Rift is sitting at like a $30, $35, give or take, right now. Is it really? And Yeah. Oh, my 100%. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it 100% is. And, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you, like... People say the card should be banned. Some people say the card shouldn't should be fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's real if it's close. not. Yeah, let's just point. Let's let's talk about it on the side of it's not being banned. Let's say it's good to go. It needs a reprint. It just straight up needs a reprint. Um, it it was printed in that Ravner, the original Ravnica set. I don't know why we just like the card isn't that broken. And thirty four dollars for this card is absurd. I think it's just because it has overload on it. They don't know where to put it put it in a literally put it's a i mean it's a commander card it should go in a, it is in a, a straight commander i can't card. believe they haven't it put should, in one yeah. yet it should straight up be in almost like when a new set comes when a new commander thing comes out it should just literally just be in two of the commander sets two of the commander decks if they have blue in it f it it's got cyclonic rift i don't know why i'm not saying it needs to be back in standard because of obviously because of overload and that's fine but like it needs to be in a modern it needs to be in any modern kind of like expansion set and it needs to be in the Commander Precon. It makes no sense to me. You know, you can hate it. You can love it. That's fine. But either ban it or reprint it kind of type of thing. It does. Ah, that card. I hate it being used against me. But at the same time, man, I, I wish new players had the option of being able to pick it up easy. Or, yeah, it's a necessary evil. Yeah, it's one of those. It's like it's just like Damnation. Like, it's a $30 car that's like, man, this would increase my deck's consistency and make me hold my own against other decks. But I can't get it because it's thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe it's thirty dollars. Oh my goodness! Yeah, get wrecked. You know, and it's weird because that kind of like talks about where Commander has been, where it's gone. When Commander started, people were playing these cards, and they were like pennies, they were nickels, they were quarter, they were dollar rares, and building these decks. And then the moment it started becoming widespread, obviously people were like, whoa, 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 this card is amazing. I mean. It is well-documented Cyclonic Rift in Standard was trash. It was the worst. Like, pulling a Cyclonic Rift was like, ah, oh, what a waste. Like, really? what am I going to do with this? Yeah, it wasn't played. It was useless. Like, it just, it, and then all of a sudden, Commander, well, Commander was already around. Commander picks it up, and then they're like, oh, this card is really good. <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing on what this format can do for p- bad cards, or even subpar cards. Let's go with that. Subpar cards are cards that don't have a home. And then it gives them a home. And I love it. That's what I love about it. Yeah, like Sunbird Certification. That card's awesome. Oh, no yeah. play in standard. Yeah, absolutely not. And in Commander, you can resolve that in a, in a normal level Commander game and go crazy with it. Obviously, the, the competitive scene, not so much. But it's still like it's still a card that's relevant. People would want it. Um, and that's kind of where Commander was and where it is now, where I think Wizards needs to take a look and say reprints are way more important not just for people who play tabletop magic, like kitchen table tabletop magic, but for people that don't have access to these older cards. I mean, the cards that the power level cards are printing now are definitely going up, but it's definitely a nice feel to be like, oh, I got this older card, I got this older version. So I, it, it worries me that Commander is going to go to a place where these older cards have have no way of coming back, and they're kind of like lost to the annals of time, and that's that's. Oof. That's scary to me. I never want to not be able to access old cards. I mean, so. I just hope that we get to play Paper Magic again soon. 
Well, yeah. I know we haven't really brought up what's happening outside <laughs> right now, but I mean, if you're not aware, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the the past couple of months and the future months are looking real real rough for Paper yeah, Magic. The COVID-19 yeah. stuff has been <clears throat> a real struggle on the magic scene. Just, uh, oh, God. But I tell people all the time that Paper Magic has endured 25 plus years. It'll endure definitely another another amount just like that. And we'll get through it. You know, there's we keep we keep we keep in touch online. You know, I'm not a I'm not a avid player of MTGO or Arena, but they are great magic outlets. Like when it boils down to it. Yeah, I know a lot of people are playing yeah. Arena right now. I personally deleted it off my computer because wow, I don't care for that program. You're just, you're just gonna you're just gonna poop on Arena. I, like I just don't want to buy my cards twice. I do. I want to buy my cards as many times as possible. <laughs> I don't want to buy my cards twice, and I don't want to grind for them. I'd rather just be able to... If I was going to (laughs) play online, I would play Magic Online, because you could just buy a deck. Would you... Jimmy, would you watch me stream Arena and now play bad decks? (sighs) Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Wow. Maybe. Okay. If you wanted wanted to stream us drafting together, like, over Discord or something like that, I might be down. Okay. And if you're down for that... You let us know, and we'll figure out a way to do it. Okay. They're you not going to let us. No. They're not going to tell us no, to do that. They'll tell us. Speaking of um, things we don't like, um, we were talking about cars that need to be reprinted and cars that were banned. Um, if you're not familiar in vintage, Jimmy, the oldest form of magic where everything is legal and nothing is banned as of yet, um, the there is a set, yeah, there's a set of nine cards that is very popularly referred to as the Power Nine. I've heard of that before. Yeah. These nine cards are considered to just be like an upper echelon of cards in Magic that are just revered, and their power level is just so amazingly high that they should be considered, you know, just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the Mox and Black Lotus. Yep. Some of the other The Mox and Black Lotus. Um, and then you have uh, Ancestral Recall, Time Walk, and Time Twister. You'll notice the theme of a lot of blue cards. Yeah, and colorless but, cards. Yeah, but uh, an often hot-button topic is, if there was a Power 9 for EDH, what would it be? And I always love this topic because, like, usually four to five of the cards are always, always the same, and then it always differs at the end of it. So I've taken it upon myself, in my infinite wisdom of magic, to put together a list of nine cards that I would say are power nine cards. Now, uh, prerequisites for this. It has to be legal in the game, obviously. Um, I am specifically speaking about non-CDEDH playstyle. So that means competitive commander is not what I'm, my focus is. I'm not worried about like the turn one combos of food chain and going off and winning. That We're talking about a casual game of like, you know, anywhere from like, Seven to like 10, 15 rounds for commander. Can that Everyone's happen in commander. Can you win on turn one? Absolutely, and I've done it before. Ugh, disgusting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Please I took don't, a shower please don't do that to me. I won't play magic with you anymore after no, that. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to. Don't worry about it. Money is not a factor for this list, and rarity is also not a factor for this list. And then, of course, disclaimer: this is a personal list that I've come up. This is not factual in any way, shape, or form. This is just my thoughts at the given moment on when I made this list. Yeah, so let's so start we off don't with hear the, any comments of oh, oh you're so wrong. Oh, I, don't, I, do. I, I don't, don't give a crap. Wow. 
I do though. Um, so let's start off really strong and and ruin people's days and say Soul Ring. I mean, yeah. Every time you see someone play a turn, uh, turn one Soul Ring, you're like, okay, fuck that guy. <laughs> let's get him. Everybody agree. And then, yeah. you know, the next person that goes also plays a turn one Soul Ring, and you're like, fuck, it's two on two. And they start <laughs> off with, two, with four main on turn two. So, you know, yeah. you look yeah. over to the person next to you and you go, we're fucked. And then they play their own Soul Ring, and then you're like... <laughs> Fuck! Get your hand of five lands and two six drops, and you're like, I should have mulligan. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You know, in the spirit of the pound on from vintage, uh, the whole half of that premise is that the mocks, the moxins are so fast and efficient with their mana, and it's colored mana too, which is crazy. That you know they they needed to be restricted to one. Having four of them is just too much. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I, I always wondered what would happen if there wasn't one of each mox. Like, what happens if there's only one mox? Would they have still been considered as strong because then you don't have five options of four of for for zero-costing mana rocks? But whatever, that's an alternate reality where magic is different. So Ring, I still think a commander, as good of a card as it is, it's a literal auto-include in any deck. Almost any deck is going to play a Soul Ring. There's very, very, very few decks that are going to be like, yeah, I don't need a Soul Ring. Yeah, even a monocolor um, deck, I don't know why you wouldn't play it. Yeah, just I mean, it, it's just one of those cards that just is an automatically include. It's one mana, and it instantaneously gets you back two mana. Admittedly, it's colorless, but again, I mean, it like, makes it's just, it makes it a ninety-eight card format because you've got your commander and soul ring, mm. and then everything else. Exactly, and and you know, for that reason alone, I think the soul ring definitely is on the pound on. That doesn't mean it needs to be banned. Now that's the thing. Like, take that in consideration. This list isn't the cards that should be banned. These are just a list of cards that are ju- I consider just so overwhelmingly oppressive in a standard casual, you know, mid-range EDH format that they should be almost separated and been like these guys. These guys are a problem. You know um, what you did? Yeah, right. Looking at you now. In that vein, if Soul Ring is here, then Soul Ring's uh, jerk of an older brother should be here and Mana Crypt. And Mana Crypt is literally Soul Ring, but better. It's zero to play. What are you talking about? And it makes Mana, three mana. Mana Crypt is my. Maybe am I thinking of the wrong one? Is Mana Crypt the one that deals three damage to you? Yeah. Okay. Mana Crypt is my win condition. Every time someone plays against me, I'm like, <laughs> "Cool, I know how I'm winning. I just have to stay alive <laughs> and hope that they burn themselves out." And I mean, it's not like the best plan, but it's a plan. It's not. It's and not. I mean, considering how bad my decks usually are, I mean, it's oh. my main plan. I'm like, God, You've... I hope you draw your mana crypt on turn one. <laughs> <laughs> well, way to play the long game, Jim. Yeah, mana crypt is zero for an artifact that taps to produce three colorless mana. But at the beginning of your upkeep, you flip a coin. And if you win the flip, you're good. And if you lose the flip, you take three damage, often referred to as getting uh, as bolting yourself. So... And, every, so, and everybody I, knows, heads never fails. You always no, pick it's heads. Ta- it's tails never fails. <laughs> yeah, that's why you. It's, that's why you die to your own mana crypt. I I've never died to my mana crypts in my long history of magic. That's because you concede in response. I don't. Concede, I don't concede. Okay, <laughs> but it's in the same vein as soaring. Again, like it's zero to play, and you get three mana. And yeah, you're like, well, you, you can take three damage at the beginning of your return. It's a 50-50 shot. And obviously, if you're playing in a much more aggressive deck or if you're playing a little convoy, you don't care about that three damage. You have 40 life in, in Commander. Going first and going land, soaring Mana Crypt is, like, absurd. 
And then Lord have mercy when you get to your turn two and you have uh, five, six, seven mana, possibly two of it being colored mana. That is crazy to me. Um, I will take three damage for that any day. So that alone, I mean, those are basically just moxes right there. Those yeah. are mo- those are like yeah, commander's moxes. Essentially. Yeah. So now to a colored card, Power 9 from Vintage has Ancestral Recall, which is fantastic. It's one blue for an instant, draw three cards. By the way, spoiler, it's target player draws three cards. Um, yeah, nobody's ever used the... <laughs> nobody's ever targeted their opponent with that card, I don't think. I will play Vintage and I will do it. So... <laughs> Um, we don't have anything quite that powerful in in Commander. We have Ancestral Visions, which is just the suspend version of it and all that other stuff. But for card advantage-wise, for the cost, uh, I'm going to have to put down Rhystic Studies. And Rhystic Studies is a two-colorless, one-blue enchantment. And it's whenever a player pay, plays a spell, they can pay one colorless. If they don't, you draw a card. Now, this works really... This is a really simple card. It taxes your opponent... Uh, to pay more mana, which is in theory going to slow them down. But if they don't, you get cards, which in theory makes means you draw cards to either stop their strategy or to win with your own strategy. There's not a lot to talk about realistic studies. It's literally just card advantage for three mana. I, I just, it comes down and people are like, like that that, that that's what this list yeah that's what this list should be called the power ug yeah these cards it, get played not only go, not Ugg. only does it let your opponent draw cards but every time you cast something like you got them sitting there reminding you going do you pay one <laughs> do you pay one but i mean in yeah. the same vein i so this isn't on your list but i mean would you consider smothering tithe to be on here with one of these cards like it it, it was in my honorable mentions yes absolutely like so that. like you can do a you can do a slashy one if you want to for heuristic studies slash smothering tithe um do you pay two? you know yeah do you pay two do you want to pay two and the funny part <laughs> is if i play rhystic studies and then uh jimmy plays smothering tide <laughs> and a third player Ooh. goes yeah goes i'm gonna cast a spell but i'm not gonna pay one well then i'm gonna go cool i'm gonna draw a card and then jimmy's gonna go cool do you want to pay two because i'm gonna get a treasure <laughs> token <laughs> And, and yeah, that's and like that kind of board state is the board states that make me want to cry. Like, do you pay two? We, yeah, no, I never pay two. Oh, that's why I'm gonna. Win. I never, never pay two, and then my opponents overextend and they hoist themselves, and then I, I swoop in for that sweet, sweet kill. Uh but yeah, Rhystic studies is it, it is, and I know I don't mean to equate it to ancestral recall, but you know, it is it's like that card draw power. It's the it's the card draw power. Like it's definitely there. Um, on the opposite end of card draw, um, and going back to ramping your mana, is a land, and that land is Gaia's Cradle. So I get a lot of I always get a lot of pushback and feedback when people are like, "Oh, Gaia's Cradle is so good. Gaia Cradle is like whatever." Um, Gaia Cradle is a legendary land that taps for one green for every creature you control. So in a vacuum, you're like, well, I got to play a bunch of creatures first. And then Gaia's Cradle doesn't even produce any colored mana or any mana whatsoever before I play a creature. But here's the thing. In Commander, making a bunch of creatures is not that hard. Especially like, if you're first playing and, green. Yeah. First and foremost, elves. Like, let's just... There's elves. On turn three, you can have a bunch of elves out. And then you play a freaking Gaia Cradle. And then you get a trigger off of it. Like, it goes crazy. But the problem with Gaia's Cradle is that... it. It can untap. There's cards that untap it. <laughs> There's yeah. any 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 creature that says untap target land. Any 
any card that says untap all permanents you control. Anytime you get to untap that land, you get to produce that mana again. And the number of synergies with this card is absurd. I've played against this guy uh, at my local store, and he, every time he plays a guy's cradle, he plays a Reese deck. Every time he plays a guy's cradle, he almost always wins in the next three turns, maximum. Like, that's pushing it. I've gone out of my way to remove this guy's cradle because I was like, guys, listen, I'm not going through this again. The cradle's got to go. Man, my Reese um, deck is nowhere near that good. Yeah, it, it's, it is absurd. I don't think the card is unfair because the card needs so much more to go with it. You need another, you need a, you need the commander. You need another. You need creatures on the field. You need all this kind of other stuff. But just itself, just the potential. It's one of those few cards where its potential is so high that it is worth it to to be like, yeah, I'm gonna invest in this card. Um, by the way, I don't own one, but it's on my list of cards I want to own. <laughs> As soon as you get that but, raise. Yeah, as soon as I make that big money, that's where we're going. Um, so speaking of lands, this next card destroys lands. <laughs> um, so this is this one I know I, I always get like, well, why would you consider this this type of card? And this is a functional card. This is not functional. This is um, because of what it does for the cost. So this card is Jocko Hops, one of the funniest names in Magic. And it's four colorless and two red. It's a sorcery, but it destroys all artifacts, creatures, and lands, and it can't be regenerated. So it's well known that I don't like land destruction in Commander or any format. I mean, it's well known I that think, most people don't like LD in well, yeah. any format. It's kind of a Jocko, move. Yeah, Jocko Hobbs is just just the worst. Like, yeah, six mana, which... if. If you can't realize, if you haven't realized in Commander, that's whatever. Six mana isn't like, you don't get it like in a snap, but it's not unheard of to have six mana on turn three, turn four. You destroy the whole field. It's a feel bad card, as I like to say. You play it, and everyone's like, why? Like, unless you're playing like mono red planeswalkers. But even, yeah, even, ugh, that's terrible. But even then, like, the, uh, the chances of you playing that card and then literally instantly winning are so low just because of the nature of what it's doing obviously planeswalkers and enchantments are going to survive so you can set up a scenario like that but red's not a red's not a really good color for planeswalkers or enchantments the card is just a feel bad card but its power cannot be denied because on the flip side of it like even though i just said you it red is not good with planeswalkers and enchantments you can just blow the board up and have like three planeswalkers and two decent enchantments and go, yeah, you guys are you guys are done. Like the game is over. And red is not afraid of producing mana quickly. So like in that vein, Jackal Hops honestly I think is a kind of underrated card that a lot of players are like, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about that. That card's not that good. That card is stupid. <laughs> it is banned in our play group, by the way. In case you were everyone was wondering, it is banned in my, my play group with James and I. Along you know, with all other uh, extra turn spells. No extra turn spells. Yeah, yeah. We, we we can't play extra turn spells. Somebody, somebody, and we won't name. We won't put any names out. I'm. Just, but somebody got out of hand. And you know who you are. Yeah, I'm not. Anyway, next card. So, <laughs> so from destroying okay. creatures. He's not listening to this podcast. Don't worry about it. So from destroying creatures to putting creatures into play. Um, tooth and nail. Tooth and Nail, if you've never heard of this card, which I doubt it, is a card that has Entwine, um, and it's a total of nine mana. So it's like seven mana to play, five colors and two green, and then the remainder in Entwine, 
and it has two abilities on it to search your deck for two creature cards and put them into your hand. And the other half of it is put two creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Um, basically, what Tooth and Nail is, is nine mana, win the game. And I know that sounds like an exaggeration, and it kind of is, but you get, for nine mana, you search your deck for any two creatures and you put them onto the field. And here's the thing, in any format, there's always a combination of two creatures that say, when these creatures get here, I'm going to win. Unless you have a way of instantaneously removing them or countering the spell, I'm going to win. And like, here, I'll spit some off off the top of my little head. Um, Methodrod's Vampire and Triskelion. You have infinite damage with plus one, plus one counters. Um, Palancron and Dead Eye Navigator. You have infinite mana. Like, that's just absurd. Kiki-Jiki. Like, what is the game yeah. called? Kiki-Jiki. Kiki-Jiki and a good creature. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just... <laughs> Kiki-Jiki and X. You just... You yeah. decide. Kiki, yeah. It's a it, non-legendary creature. Kiki-Jiki. Go. And it's just like, wow. And again, nine mana is a lot. Commander, but Commander is a type of format we're getting that nine mana. We just spoke about it. It's green, by the way. So Gaia's Cradle, uh, Soul Ring, and Mana Crypt play right into it. And then off you go to the races. Like, damn, that card is rude. Yeah, I loved playing Tooth and Nail in Standard when it was legal in Mirrodin. And it was so much fun. And we'd get, uh, we'd get Kiki-Jiki. Uh, towards the end of the standard season, we get Kikijiki and Darksteel Colossus, and we go uh, attack you for eleven trample haste. And our opponent would be like, "Oh no!" And I'd be like, "Yeah, it has it has indestructible." And then they'd be like, "Oh well, I'll just remove it with my removal spell." And I'm like, "Okay, that's fine. I have another one that's real." Does so. it also have infect? No, that's Blightsteel Colossus. Oh, that I'm was sorry, that my was bad. Like, no, he yeah, he wasn't around. It wasn't that bad yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you can do Kiki yeah. Blightsteel Colossus in Commander. Yeah, that don't even. All right, next card. <laughs> so, yeah. So, speaking of green creatures, I know, that what, you my, can get. I know what my next deck is going to be. <laughs> Please. Um, Vorinclex's Voice of the Hunger is a Praetor from uh, the um, Mirrored and Besiege set. This card is for seven mana, five colors, and two green. This card tells you to double the mana your lands produce. And then when your opponent taps a land for mana, it doesn't untap. I'm sorry, when an opponent taps a land in general, it doesn't untap during their next upkeep. Uh, this card is backbreaking. Um, in EDH, in Commander, you know, missing a turn is like missing a lifetime. You know, taking a turn off and not being able to do anything or progress your board state or your hand size or your advantage is so, so, such a murder. Producing more more mana is such an advantage. This card does both. It makes you have an advantage and then puts your opponent at a disadvantage. That's like a two, that's a plus two right there. Um, I don't think this card is unbeatable, but the card coming down uh, turns your opponent's turns off if they when they tap mana, and it's super super rough. Like it, I've played against it, and it's just it's again like we said before it's a power uh like it comes it comes down and you go ugh like why and you have to get rid of it I otherwise mean, your opponent you, just goes Can't. i would say that and you could take this card off this list and just put all the praetors cuz fuck no. oh well yeah well i mean the only ones i've ever <sighs> played against i've only i've only played against the green one the blue one and the white one and all of those are definitely have been like ugh 
Yeah, they yeah the red one giving haste is good, but not as great. I was gonna say uh, do the white and the one yeah, the black and the, and the red one ever do the 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 black the black one has everyone sack creatures, which is also good. But yeah, Elish Norn, the white predator always has stood out because of the, just the insane value that she gets. Mm-hmm. The blue predator is good, but really really expensive. And Vorinclex is sitting there in the top three. Yeah, I, I yeah you could just say predators if you wanted to, but Vorinclex, the voice of the hunger, should be Vorinclex, the voice of Ugg. Because boy howdy, he makes me cry. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna—I uh, say I have these in different orders, but it doesn't matter. So speaking of green and speaking of creatures, survival of the fittest uh, is an enchantment. What and does if this you've not, do? <laughs> so I actually don't know. It's okay. Survival of the fittest is one colorless and one green, and it's um, one green. Activate, discard a, a creature card from your hand. Search your deck for a creature card and put it into your hand. So, like, that sounds... Just any creature? Yeah. It sounds like meh, right? Wrong. Um, being able to search for... In Commander, by the way. Um, being able to search for that one of specific creature is so strong. It It's just like, hey, I'm going to go get... And we'll do big ones. I'm going to go get Vorinclex. I'm going to go get Kiki-Jiki. I'm going to go get um, Palancron to set up my combo. I'm going to go get Craterhoof Behemoth. Like, all those creatures we've been talking about, all the creatures we've ever talked about, look at them now. They're in your hand for one green mana. And it's it's scary. <laughs> uh, that card is just an efficiency card. That's how that kind of works. Hmm. It's just so efficient in green that I think that it, it, it showcases the power of magic in a nutshell. And it's low cost as well. Three mana and discard a card. Get card that you absolutely need into your hand. No other restriction. Just it's got to be a creature. Like that's it. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, right. So the last card, uh, and this one's black. Um, this one doesn't. I don't see this one in in commander that often, and um, which is weird. Is Yogmoth's will? Yogmoth's will is two colors and a black. And until your until the end of your turn, you can cast cards from your. You can play cards rather from your graveyard. Um, but when a card goes to your graveyard, it's exiled. So this card basically lets you just add your graveyard to your hand almost. Like anything in your graveyard is replayable. So that sounds kind of sloppy the way I explained it. Let me put it in, into context. You play cards like Lotus Petal. And you go, sack Lotus Petal, produce a color what a color that I want. Um, I'll sack like Chromatic Star, make a mana, draw a card, put it into my graveyard. All those kind of cantrippy cards. You then play... Yagmoth's will and you play them again <laughs> and if you've played like rituals like dark ritual by the way <clears throat> you just play dark ritual again and you're like oh cool i'm just gonna cast this i already have three black floating i'm just gonna get the, van- the advantage out of that. i'm honestly surprised and, i've never seen anybody play this card against me i can't believe yeah, it's not banned yeah I, that's what i thought too and <laughs> i mean it'd be so funny if it was if it was banned. wouldn't no, it no i just looked it's Yagmoth's <laughs> bargain is banned yeah bargain is ridiculous i don't want to i don't about know what that, that one either. does either but don't yeah you can look like one in your own time but yeah that's like that card's so strong holy shit it is absolutely um and obviously in the nature of commander the consistency goes down because you don't have four of certain cards but the potential of this card again um when it was in when it rotated when it was in the normal constructed formats it was absurd um it was too strong and it needed to be dealt with it it's just it's just efficiency at its best it's three mana your graveyard is accessible again. Mm-hmm. And any cards that have done it afterwards have always had extra caveats, 
have always been like either more mana or there's other like restrictions or like you have to meet this requirement first. It's always. That's how it's always been. So so yeah, that rounds out our uh, our power nine for EDH or our power UG for EDH because I really feel like that's what it is. Uh, but honorable mentions, definitely. Smothering Tide, Doubling Season, uh, cards like that. Those cards are crazy. Necropotence is a fantastic card. Uh, it's um, Necropotence. Get it right. Yes, Necropotence. Uh, those types of cards are so powerful. And I think you could argue like Necropotence, Necropotence could be on here instead of Jocko Hops. Like, it, it's a fun list. It's a list to, you know, basically just complain about a format we all love. Yeah, so why don't you is, tell us what your top yeah. nine cards, your power nine for Commander are in the comments below. Yeah. What do you like about Commander? What do you and I dislike? won't read them because I will. I will read them. Speaking of your favorite cards, Jimmy, what's uh, what's this card this week? Oh, the card this week. Uh, the card this yeah. week is Psychic Possession. Uh, it's a blue card. It's two and two blue. Uh, and it's an enchantment aura, and you enchant your opponent uh, or an opponent, uh, and they you skip your next draw or you skip all your draw steps. I'm sorry. So you skip all your draw steps from here on out. As long as this card's on play. Uh, but whenever the enchanted player draws a card, then you also get to draw a card. So I oh. think this card would be really cool. I've never... I, I just found out this card today. I think it would be really cool in like... Um, not, maybe it doesn't even have to be mono blue, but a blue X copy deck. Where you just copy enchantments uh, and creatures and just make a bunch of them. And you put one on every player. <laughs> So cause oh, it doesn't matter how many times you skip your own draw step, as long as you get to draw every time your opponents do, uh, you can play this, you can play this with Ristic Study and be an asshole. Um, <laughs> wow. You can play this with Howling Mine and be a huge asshole, especially if you have one on every player, you just draw three cards every turn. Uh, there are so many cards that make your opponents draw. You can play this in a group hug deck. Uh, <laughs> that would be fun. I think, yeah, I think this might be the next kind of deck I play. Sweet. I like it. I've never played Group Hug before, but it seems gimmicky enough. Yeah, you can build some fun Group Hug decks where it doesn't feel, like, boring and stagnant. And this card definitely is kind of cool. Like, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to enchant this opponent, and when they try to get advantage, I get advantage. And it doesn't feel too crazy, too overpowered, but it definitely feels like it's fun. Yeah, and then you play a bunch of, like, uh, symmetrical cards that make everybody draw cards. Oh, yeah, super fun. I like it. Can you imagine playing this with um, Burning Inquiry? Play blue red oh, group hug. Oh, oh my goodness! Each Ew. player draws three, and then discards three at random. So you draw nine cards and then discard three. Oof. I don't want to play. I... Oh, that'd be so great. You're a dirty boy. Even if you only had this on one opponent, you still get to draw six. Oh, I'm sorry, you'd be drawing twelve if you had one on every opponent. Ugh, gross. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear about I fig- Jimmy. I think I just figured out what I'm doing. I gotta go. Yeah. We gotta wrap this podcast wanna, up because I, I gotta go I don't burn a deck. Jimmy. I don't want to hear about Jimmy's nasty stories, but I don't want to hear about yours. So reach out to us on social media. Let us know your cool commander stories and uh, things that you think would be on the ED- EDH Power UG. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, are, do we have uh, Twitter yet? We do. Are we? Should we tell them the people what our Twitter handle is? Absolutely. Edit it in. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. We'll just cut this part out. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Have a great one.